Hello, everyone. Welcome to Getting Started with Jesus, which is designed to teach you the process for spiritual growth and maturity. This program is geared to help you, teach you, encourage you, and motivate you to grow in your personal relationship with God. Every week, I present principles, sometimes dialogue with a special guest, play some inspiring music, as well as share some of my best secrets that I learned as a small business owner for over 36 years. My goal is to help you grow and mature overall as a person. Of course, I want you to subscribe and follow the podcast, and you can do that on your favorite listening platform. Also, go to my website, www.perfectpeaceworks.com, www.perfectpeaceworks.com, and connect with me on social media. I will mention the website again at the end of today's show. So let's get started. Happy New Year once again. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, whatever time it is in your city and state as you listen to Getting Started with Jesus. We're going to talk about the power of one person. The power of one person. I am so amazed about the story of Joseph in the Old Testament in the Bible. It is one of perseverance, emotional and physical abuse, disrespect, and fear. Yet, throughout the story, there are some key principles and statements that can help us learn how God's hand was on Joseph's life. That just sounds so good to me, so I'll say it again. God's hand was on Joseph's life. Every step of the way. In case you're not familiar with this biblical character, or you may have forgotten the details of his journey, let me give you a brief refresher. Joseph was the youngest son of Jacob, who was born to him from his wife, Rachel, the woman whom he really loved. He was the last born out of 12 sons. He was the youngest and of course the favorite child. Well, over time, as sibling rivalry would have it and would demand, his brothers didn't like him. So one day they sold him to a band of merchants and Joseph eventually wound up in Egypt, living at Potiphar's house, who was the chief officer of Pharaoh. He was skilled and wise, so his new master, Potiphar, placed him over many duties and responsibilities in his own house. He was also a handsome young man. Well, one day while Potiphar was away, the master's wife accused Joseph of molesting her and he was thrown into prison. While in jail, he befriended two other servants, a baker and a butler who also were prisoners. They had gotten in trouble with Pharaoh. Joseph solved a dream for both of them, whereby the baker was killed, but the butler was restored to his duties. However, the butler promised to mention a good word for Joseph when he got out, ah, but it never happened. Finally, after two years, 
Pharaoh needed someone to interpret a very disturbing dream. And at that time, the butler remembered Joseph, who was still in prison. Upon revealing the meaning of the dream, which predicted a famine that was readily approaching, Joseph was set free and became an officer over all of the provinces that Pharaoh had. Wow, the power of one person. By the time the famine reached the town, Joseph's brothers went to Egypt to buy grain for food for their families. Unbeknownst to them, it was their little brother, Joseph, the one whom they had thrown away, who had risen to power and prominence and was now saving their lives and the entire family. This great story in the Holy Bible is found in Genesis chapter 37 through chapter 40. But here's the phrase that stands out the most throughout Genesis chapter 39. It simply says, the Lord was with Joseph. The Lord was with him. The Lord was with Joseph throughout his ordeal with his brothers from childhood until he became a great person in Potiphar's house and ruler for Pharaoh of Egypt. You see, Joseph was a dreamer. You can read that way back in Genesis chapter 37, verse 5. He was a dreamer. And maybe, just maybe, I don't know, maybe you are a dreamer. Think about it. I'm encouraging you to dream. Dream big. Dream bigger and believe that the Lord is with you. I know and I am convinced that he is with me. Look, there is so much power in one person. Let me just share the interview I recently had with Ms. Sherry Burton. She is the president of the Midwest Civic Council of Block Clubs in Detroit, Michigan. Her accomplishments for the community are outstanding and I know she walks with God. The Lord is with her. So let's listen right now. So I'm here uh, at Detroit Vegan Soul, and we're getting ready to have a nice dinner. But let me take a moment to speak to the president of the Midwest Civic Council Block Clubs, uh, a strong community worker who's been doing this for a few years. Uh, Miss Sherry Burton is here, and I just want to get her on uh, our show today so she can tell us what is it like being a community activist, a community worker in the city of Detroit at this time. Well, it's a labor of love, and that's the only way you can look at it because it's hard work, you mm -hmm. know. Mm -hmm. There's a uh, passion, but along with that passion, you got to add a little more to that, such as a lot of know-how, a lot of knowing how to meet people where they are, as well as appeal to people who can help us. Okay. So it is a labor of love, and it's... Tell me, what do you do as president of the Midwest Civic Council of Block Clubs? What are some of the things that you have been doing for the past three to five years? For the past three to five years, um, just keeping our name out there. Mm -hmm. Basically branding the Neighborhood Association, meaning making sure that our name is known so when we come to a table or something, they know we're not just... Uh, in name only, okay. that we're out there doing something. So for the last three or five years, three to five years, we have been advocating for that Joe Lewis Greenway path to come in our neighborhood. And we were successful with another group, Greenway Heritage Conservancy, which I'm a board member. We got together, formed a 
group, mm-hmm. and we started a community uh, activism in terms of getting folks aware of the pathway as well as getting them to help us advocate to have phase one started in our area. And I am so glad to say that the ribbon cutting was on October 29th, so we were successful. Excellent, for the Joe Lewis Greenway. Now, is that a, a path that's going to be throughout the city of Detroit, or is it just in certain neighborhoods? It's a 27.5-mile path that's going to connect through Dearborn, Detroit, Highland Park, Hamtramck, and what it essentially is going to do is going to connect to that the uh, other pathways, the Dequinder Cut, oh. the new pathway that they have, and I can't um, forgive me, City of Detroit, for not knowing the name down in Southwest Detroit, okay. but that's another park that's being open. So it's going to connect to a lot of neighborhoods as well as to another a lot of other greenways. It's going to help make Detroit more of a walking community? Yes, yes. Really? Yeah, yeah that, that's, the, that's the goal, mm-hmm. is to not only connect the neighborhoods, but make it walkable, bikeable, and, you know, provide another avenue for people to get around to the city, to their work, play, mm-hmm. and, other, and recreation. Beautiful, beautiful. Well, one of the things that I wanted to find out is, in your role and the things that you do, uh, how do you connect with individual people, like regarding property taxes and housing problems, home repairs? Are you involved in anything like that as, uh, as uh, in your role? We have been blessed to have an annual grant from... Um, the Rocket Community Fund. Mm -hmm. We started off with the Neighbor to Neighbor Project, then that manifested into the property tax exemption workshops, Mm -hmm. and then came COVID, so we had to get creative. We continue that online, you know, doing some outdoor leafleting, going door to door, Mm -hmm. and leaving flyers, still letting people know that, hey, help is still available. Mm -hmm. And then we did it online, so, yeah, we have been blessed in that area, and I'm grateful because it's something that we could never have done as a grassroots organization, even going door-to-door. We needed that funding, so grateful. I'm grateful. Well, and what do the neighbors say about uh, you? Do they, what do they say about all the things they see happening right now? We've heard so much mm-hmm. about so many things that did not include us. So for something actually to be happening for us, it's like a, yeah, okay. But now that they see that pathway, mm-hmm. you know, so that's the blessing of that pathway as well. Mm-hmm. You can get a little more people interested because, you know, we've been passed over so much. So okay. it's understandable. So in your role as president, I'm sure you've worked with the mayor and city officials and the governor and different people. What is that like and how effective do you feel your role has been in tapping into some of the higher uh, sources of income and knowledge and policy that has an impact on neighborhoods? Well, what I tell everybody is you have to find your way to the table, for one, to make sure that you're at that table, but more importantly, to make sure you're not on the menu, Mm -hmm. meaning that things that's going on at that table won't adversely affect you. Mm -hmm. You know, so you just have to get out there and you have to network. Mm -hmm. You know, you have to show up. You have to show up. And that's what happened. My engagement with all the officials came out of going to meetings, engaging, you know, making myself present, walking away, crying almost sometimes Mm -hmm. because there were so many things going on that did not affect us. Mm-hmm. And when you say us, you mean your particular neighborhood? Our, our neighborhood, yes. Now, how many blocks is that? You said civic council of block clubs. How many block clubs do you represent as president? Well, currently now we have maybe about five block clubs. 
and we're trying to get those act, get the other ones activated. But we've got a lot of change in our area. We have currently we're uh, inheriting our great neighbors from Southwest Detroit that are being displaced by the Gordy Howell Bridge. So they're buying buying. Yes. the housing stock yes. in our area. Beautiful homes that went abandoned, that largely were almost destroyed because they were abandoned, mm -hmm. you know. So we're um, gathering those folks together. So now we got to get together and build community again, mm -hmm. you know, and, to, and a new community, a better community, you know, one that's inclusive of everyone. And we grew up in our, that area was diverse, mm -hmm when we grew up, because it's a legacy neighborhood, meaning most of us stay in homes that were purchased by our parents or grandparents. Okay. So we grew up in a diverse, and it's going back to that, so it's up to us to make it better. You so know? it sounds like a lot of excitement is going on in your part of the city. I'm excited. <laughs> I'm excited, you know, because like I said, it's encouraging to see something in the area, meaning that pathway again. So therefore, our... I'm excited because now I see our neighbors are being excited and knowing that it's not all gloom and doom, mm -hmm, you know. Mm -hmm. You talk a lot about history and, and, the, and neighbors coming together from southwest Detroit. And, but what's the God factor in there? Is, there? is there an element of spirituality or God or hierarchy? We are connected to an area that was known as Church Row, okay? <laughs> and when I say Church Row, I don't mean just buildings up and down the block, but we had some very strong foundational churches, Unity Baptist Church, going on 100 years mm -hmm. in the area. Mm -hmm. That was, and in, in back in the day, most of the members who lived in the area attended that church, and some still do, mm -hmm. you know. And then you have uh, Hartford, that's a little further what, west of us, mm -hmm. but still strong foundational churches. Mm -hmm. You ha and I can't think of this. It was Victory Way Church at one time down by Begall and Tyrement. Mm -hmm. And now that's a beautiful Hispanic church. Beautiful. And, that, and it's representing our neighbors that's coming in. So Church Row is going to go strong. It's going to live forever, you know. <laughs> and, you know, we're looking to build that community up as well. So God has always watched over us, you know. We were brought up, you know, in those churches. And we were brought up by believers. Mm -hmm. So that makes a difference. Beautiful, beautiful. I, I think that this key term, believers, meaning people who were rooted and grounded in their faith, in, yes. the, in God, in family, in community, and that's why you're the person you are leading the Midwest Civic Council Block Clubs. Any final words you want to say, President Sherry Burton? I want to quote a beautiful community activist. I went to her funeral last Friday, Deborah Walker. Beautiful, beautiful community, a strong, creative, and in her obituary, she said, this was the, what I walked away with, do good, do more, do better. That's it. Say it again. Do, do good, good, do more, do better. God Beautiful. rest you, Deborah Walker. God bless you, Sherry Burton. Thank you for joining us on Getting Started with Jesus. May God continue to bless your efforts and your Midwest Civic Council Block Club and all that you do. Thank you. Thank you. So be encouraged. Join us each week and learn the process for your spiritual growth and maturity. I hope you enjoyed the conversation I had with Sherry Burton. Think about it. Grow closer to God. Experience the peace of God. Share the wisdom of God and live in the power of God. 
Let me leave this verse with you. Thou will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusteth in thee. That's Isaiah chapter 26, verse 3. Grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To him be glory now and forever. And that's found in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 18. Amen. Don't forget to subscribe and follow the podcast. Connect with us on social media. Please go to my website, www.perfectpeaceworks.com, www.perfectpeaceworks.com. You can email your questions. You can also order my books, Perpetuating Wealth, Secrets to Longevity in Small Business, and Getting Started with Jesus, The Process for Spiritual Growth and Maturity. Many of the topics on this show come directly from my two books and, of course, the Holy Bible. I look forward to hearing from you. I look forward to you growing in the Word of the Lord. I look forward to you becoming all that you can be and dreaming bigger in 2023. Until next time, be peaceful, celebrate life, keep moving forward, and yes, trust only God. May God give you his wonderful blessings. Amen.